Good morning. All right, all right. Come on. I feel like this is a fight. I just got tagged in. And we winning. <laughs> Amen. We winning. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. A stronghold in the... Y'all are Pentecostal, right? <laughs> the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word, God. We thank you, God. We thank you for your presence in this place, God. We thank you, God, that everything that I'm going to share has already been spoken about, God. We thank you that you're already in the midst, that you're already in the process. And we thank you for a house that's open and ready to receive from you, to grow in you, to be changed by you, to, to walk in you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me, I was going over some, I was reading some quotes by Henry, Henry Nguyen, powerful author in this book, uh, Wounded Healer, that I had read a long time ago, just going through some quotes from that book, and I came across this. This, is, uh, this quote is going to set the mood for where God is leading us right from the start. Amen? You ready? Nobody escapes being wounded. We're all wounded people, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And the baby's crying just proves it. It's just kind of adding to the effect. We are all wounded people. The main question is not, how can we hide our wounds so we don't have to be embarrassed? But how can we put our woundedness in service to others? When our wounds cease to be a source of shame and become a source of healing, we've become the wounded healers that we were called to be. Somebody say amen. So the question is not how do we hide our wounds, but how do we put our woundedness in service? That's so good. The other night I was scrolling through the channels, and I came across this channel, the Smithsonian Channel. Anybody watch that? The straight geeks and nerds. Amen. And it was beautiful. They were doing a piece on Ireland. And if you know, my wife loves Ireland. We got to go there for our anniversary this year. It was amazing, breathtaking, beautiful area. And so this, this piece, they were, it was all shot from the air. It was from a helicopter or a drone, but it was just flying over Ireland and just showing you the amazing mountains and cliffs and, and, and peaks and waters and oceans. It was, it, was, it was amazing. And as this story was focusing on Northern Ireland, and as they were coming up on the countryside of Belfast, you notice right away that right over as they went over the city, there were walls that divided the city. 
And some of these walls went on for, for miles and, and, and they were tall and they, they caused these separations. And, and you know that you know, some of them were short sections and some were these long winding sections. But you could see that clearly they were separating places. And I knew God was speaking to me right there. I made a note in my, in my, on my phone and, 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 I, and I did the research later on. And I found out that these walls were put up back in 1969. And they were actually called peace walls. And they were mostly in Belfast and in some in Derry County in Ireland. And the reason they were put up was to separate the Catholics who identified as Irish and the Protestants who identified as British. And so there had been this ongoing intercommunal violence between these two groups of believers. And so after some big riot in 1969, the country decided that they would put up these walls right away as a temporary solution. And so they, they put concrete and metal together and they put up these walls. They're 20 feet high, these walls. In some places they only separate a section and in some places they went as long as three miles. Now, these were supposed to be temporary walls <coughs> to minimize the interaction and connection between these two groups for the moment. They figured, let's build these walls right away until we learn how to deal with this in a different way. You know how you, you separate two kids and, and you tell them, stay, stay away from each other until you learn how to act. Here's the thing, though. As things calmed down and, 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 and you know, the people became a little more civil, they, they started adding gates and passageways to these walls to make it easier for people to get around town, but they never tore the temporary walls down. You can go there today. Over 50 years later, all the walls are still up. These temporary walls that were set up so that these people could each huddle in safety and keep away from the people that believe differently than they do and keep them from causing harm and violence to each other. They, they built these walls so that they won't hurt us anymore and, and we won't hurt them anymore and, and, and they were temporary. And I felt like God was showing me, this is like looking inside the church. There's so many walls. God says there's so many walls in the church. There are denominational walls and racially racial walls and, and, and building and congregational walls. And even in the local church, there's so many walls. You have walls and I have walls because we've all been wounded. It's got real quiet in here. And we've set up these temporary walls to keep us safe. But the problem is, all they've done is keep us separate. And they were, they were supposed to be temporary. It was just until I can feel better again. It was just until, you know, I need a break. I need to, uh, until I can heal a little bit. Listen, I know I've built these walls because I get tired of being hurt. I get tired of being left. I get tired of being talked about. I get tired of being gossiped about. I get tired of being lied about. And so sometimes I put up these walls. So I understand. Don't, don't think I'm coming at you. I understand the need for these walls. 
But they're, they're supposed to be temporary. Until we can just heal a little bit. Until we can just kind of get... But, but um, um, it's five years. It's seven years and those walls are still up. Sister, you got offended at something seven years ago and you're still holding that. My brother, it's been ten years since you stepped on into the ministry, got hurt, and now pulled back. In ten years, you haven't done nothing. Here's the problem with these walls. We're supposed to be a demonstration of the love of God to the world. We're supposed to be, we're supposed to love God here so much that it spills out and people see how we love each other and they want some of that. So that people could see the love of God in and through us. Maybe that's why they say the church is so full of hypocrites. See, we're supposed to love here, but the problem is the church body can only love the you that it sees. Yeah, we're going to have to end this quick. (laughs) Some people live in the same house and still have long-distance relationships. Mm. Here's the word. We need to come out and come home. That's for somebody today. We need to come out and come. Let me give you a perfect example of how, and I'm not going to share this person's name because I didn't even talk to her first, but there was a lady here in the church. She came up to me the other day, probably over a month now, and she said, listen, I'm really shy. God is working on me, and I told God I'd say hi to you every week. I said, I'm going to say hi to the pastor every week. So here I am. She says, hi. Hi. I said, hi, and she walked away. I said, okay. The next week, she found me in a crowd. We were, there was a crowd around me. We were talking, and I see her standing real by. I said, oh, okay. So I looked at her. She says, hi. I said, hi. She went, second weekend. She did like that to me. She said, two weeks in a row. By week three... The walls were down. We were talking. I know what she does for a living. I know where she works. I know what she does. I know she told me about a trip that she went on. And, and the walls were down and we're building something. And now she's actually stepping into ministry and walking into her God-giving callings right now. Why? Because she let a wall down and let herself get known and set herself free. And in doing that, she'll be setting other people free. Amen. One day I'll tell you her name when I, when I get permission. See, the, the problem with walls is this. We have rooms like that office and there's a room in the back on the annex that the walls are so thick that you don't get a, even a Wi-Fi signal in there. So communication is limited. <laughs> oh, man. I know I'm making you like think in this message. Everything's not straight. You're thinking like, oh. I see what that means. So calls are dropped. So messages don't get through. (laughs) 
See, the problem with walls is this. The, the you that appears strong inside all of those walls, that confident you, the you that you put forth, that you gets the love. That you gets the attention. That you gets the community that the real you needs. But... That you gets the affirmation. That you gets the hellos, gets the hugs. But the you that's behind all the walls never gets what it needs because there's no communication behind those thick walls. Messages don't get through. And and so any relationship that you have ends up being superficial at best because it's not the real you. It's the you that you put forth. And you know what happens? Eventually the enemy or your own flesh, your own insecurities, your own will tell you, you're not connected here. Nobody likes you here. It'll go further. He says, you have no friends here. You're not connected. They're probably talking about you. You should leave. Anybody felt that? See, years later in Ireland, I was reading, they didn't take down the walls, but they built a few bridges that connected directly these two regions. And, and there was one beautiful bridge called the Peace Bridge. Like, I guess they had no other words. It's peace walls, peace bridge. And, and this was built as a symbolic way of connecting these two people groups. And this all came together for me when I was reading these quotes from Henry Newman. He, when, when I read this, he says, In a world so torn apart by rivalry, by anger, by hatred, let me add religion, racism, jealousy, bigotry, we have the privileged vocation to be living signs of a love that can bridge divisions and heal all wounds. Let me echo that. We have the privileged vocation, calling, career, to be living signs of a love that can bridge all divisions and heal all wounds. Again, the main question is not how can we hide our wounds, but how can we put our woundedness in service to others? Say amen. So let me, let me set something up. I gave you all of that imagery because I want to set a foundation to where we're going to go for the rest of the year. See, I don't want to wait. Hey, this is good. What, what's today's date? November? All right. Just test. 14? Somebody's off. 17. November 17. Make a note. Put it on the top of your notes. November. I don't want to wait for the new year to start thinking new ways. So why not November 17th we start thinking new ways before the new year? They say amen. And so for the remaining weeks of the year, this is like crazy. God gave me this. I really, I really feel it's good, I, but it's difficult, man. We're going to have to put in work. For the remaining weeks of the year, I want to leave you with a sermon series to reflect on as we head into the new year. I'm calling the series Before and After. Before and After. You know in marketing, right, one of the biggest things that companies do to sell their products, the best thing that they could do is to show you proof in the before and after pictures. Amen? How many of you have bought something because you believed the before and after pictures? Come on. 
ashamedly raise up your hand. If you bought the Garcinio Cambogia, if you bought the green tea extract, if you bought that ab thing that goes like this while you... Because you saw the guy in the picture was, you know, round, and then all of a sudden he was six-packed up. Because they hit him with bright light and changed the angle. But you believed it and you bought it. Come on, before and after pictures. Amen? I want to talk to you, though, about before and after pictures in the kingdom. Now, the difference is I'm not trying to sell you anything. So you can already trust me more. Because I've got nothing to sell you. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to give you something. And for some of you, I'm trying to show you that you have what you already want. Some of us are jealous of other people in the kingdom because you say, man, I wish I could do what that person does, but God has already gifted you and given you what you need to do what that person's doing. You're just not walking in it. So we're going to talk about some before and after people from the word and even from this church family. Isn't that exciting? I'm excited about it. Uh, it's going to be, I want to show you historic before and after pictures in the scriptures. And I want to show you living before and after pictures in here. As a matter of fact, let me pause the message for a minute. I need your help with this message. So here's what I want you to do. I'm inviting you to be part of this series. This is a chance. For that sister that's been offended seven years, hasn't stepped out. This is a chance for that brother that used to be in ministry, hasn't done nothing in ten years. This is a chance for you brand new, I'm just starting out, I don't know, I can't do what he does, I can't do what she does. Yeah, but let's find out what it is you're called to do. This is a chance. I'm asking for your help in this series, amen? So what I want you to do, my email, write it down, pastor at sanctuaryfellowship.org. Warning, if you send me, if you send me one of those, send something to 10 people so you can be blessed, you will automatically be ignored and blocked. Okay? If you start sending me cute cartoons and, 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 and the Pope and Mary, I don't, I don't need none of that. Amen? This email is for a specific purpose. I want you to send me your BC and AC Photo, before Christ, after Christ, photos and testimonies. Show me, send me a picture, say, look, this was me. This is me now, and this is what God has done. Can we do that? Amen? Come on, this interactive preaching right here. I w- don't, don't clap and then don't send me something. Because then I'm going to have no material for the rest of the five weeks. And I'm just going to have to hit you with my own. I'll tell you my 17 testimonies again and again and again until I get some of yours. Amen? Now, okay, back to the message. On TV and social media, it's always easy. Right? Transformation is easy. Take three pills and you're skinny. Take this powder and you're built. I bought all of it. Put this on, your arms will get bigger. Put this on, your hair will get thicker. Put this on, your pimples will clear up. In real life, transformation takes work. Amen? Can I get an amen from my trainer in the back? 
In real life, transformation takes work. You can't sit on the sofa with donuts and in seven weeks think you're going to have a six-pack. Because you took a pill. So here's where the work comes in. Just, if you've been here long enough, you know I'm not coming with some nonsense. Five secrets in the scriptures to live your best life now. No. That book has already been written. He's a millionaire. Nobody's changed. Ay, shots fired. I'm not coming with seven steps to a spiritual six-pack. Although that book might sell. <laughs> you do it. I, you know, I don't know. I also, I don't have some device that you could put on while you sit on the sofa watching TV and you can magically make you a spiritual superhero in seven weeks. No. We have to put in work. Amen? The Apostle Paul, who had at this point where, that I'm going to share, had already transformed his life from a religious lunatic that was killing people who didn't believe like he believed to a man that was either imprisoned or beaten and left for dead every time he preached the gospel, and he's still preaching the gospel. He says to a young Timothy and to us, he says, study to show yourself approved. You're not going to hear this in a lot of churches today. Study, you study. That wasn't written to pastors. That was written to us, every believer. You study to show yourself approved. The word, another version puts it this way. Work hard, 2 Timothy 2.15. <coughs> Work hard so God can say to you, well done. Be a good workman, one who does not need to be ashamed when God examines his work. Know what the word says and means. Know what the word says and means. How many of you know you can't get that from one message on Sunday? You, you got that, right? He starts that book with this. He says, Timothy, in, in, in chapter 2 Timothy 2, 1. Timothy, my dear son. He considers Timothy a son. And this is how he's talking to a son. Timothy, my dear son, be strong in the strength that God gives you in Christ Jesus. He says, you've heard me teach these things and have been confirmed by reliable witnesses. So now you teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. How many of you know that's us? So you would think after all the abuse, after all the wounds that Paul has suffered, you would think that he would say, Timothy, my son, be careful. Right? Be careful. When you preach this word, they're going to stone you. When you preach this word, they're going to arrest you. When you preach this word, they're going uh, to abuse you. They're going to wound you. They're going to try to kill you. And if they can't shut you up, they're going to lock you up. He, he, you would think he would say, Timothy, my son, I love you. Be careful. No, he says, Timothy, be strong. See, the church has to stop being so soft and so careful. Amen? We have to stop being so sissified. 
so safe. And we need to be strong. But now, but now watch this. Watch this. Because some, some of you can say, I don't have, I don't. Okay, wait. Stop. Cállate. I love what Paul is implying here. I don't want you to miss it. He says to Timothy, be strong in the strength that God gives you. <laughs> you know what that translates to? That's God saying, be strong In the strength I give you. Be powerful in the power that comes from me. Be rich with the riches I put in your hand. Be forgiven with the forgiveness I paid for. Be gifted with the gifts I give. That's how this works. Be blessed with my blessing. Be bold with my boldness. Be courageous with my courage. Do do you get that? It, It doesn't require, it's not any strength, boldness, courage from you. It's Be courageous in the courage I give you. Isn't that different? See, God never asks us to do something he hasn't already given us the ability to do. That's why it says nothing is impossible for those. Nothing. Why? Because it's not on me. It's on him. Nothing is impossible. For him that believes, amen? And once you've stepped out, listen to me. Once you've stepped out in his power once and watched it come through, it's hard to go back to being regular. (laughs) Right? Come on, if you, whoever has a, you have a testimony in here that you know only God could have come through the way he came through, it's tough to go back to being regular. It's tough. And if you think you don't have one of those testimonies, it's just because you're not looking at it the right way. Because you got up this morning. You're here. You found yourself a body to be a part of. You found yourself a place to worship. And you have testimony upon testimony. You're just not seeing it yet. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to rejoice and we're going to celebrate in these testimonies of the before and afters. And as we go through that, as if that's not going to be hard enough, here's where we're going to put in the work and the study. In this series, we're also, God told me, we're going to have to need to go through the book of James. So James is a short book, five chapters, but it is not a cakewalk. It is not filled with God loves you. You can do anything you want. You're great. He cares for you. God's wonderful. God's grace is shining on you. It's, it's butterflies. And James is a difficult book. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a, 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 a spoiler. Verse 2. Just verse 2. Will either make you put it down or go running from it. Just verse 2. No, I'm not going to read it. Sorry, but that's good. You got a war- you got a preview. Verse two alone will make you either put it down, run away from it, or and here's my prayer. It'll change the way you look at everything in your life. In the years to come, it'll help you to be a workman who rightly handles the world, the word of God. And so, this 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 the goal of combining these two objectives in this series. Is to hopefully and prayerfully change your perspective. 
change the way you look at things and to encourage you to keep going, to keep moving forward. See, the world around us is so self-focused. You ever pass the bookstore and there's like three lines, three rows of self-help books? Self-focused, self I saw a lady on the train the other day on the metro. She, she was reading a book and the other woman said, oh, that's a good book. She's so self-aware. She's so self-empowering. Oh, my God. The self-help that I got from that, the self-realization and channeling my inner self-power. Oh, my God. But have you read her other book and that? Oh, the self. I said, I was like, Medea, say self one more time. Man, I got so annoyed. Everything self, 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 self. You can't do nothing by yourself. Paul was telling Timothy, I'm, look at the different mindset. Look at the different, this is what the world tells you, right? Look what Paul is telling Timothy, I'm in prison for this season so somebody could be free for eternity. How many, how many, I mean, how many of us would do that? I'll go to jail. I didn't do anything wrong, but I'll go to jail for a season so that somebody here could be free for eternity. He's saying, he's saying, uh, I was beaten so others could be healed. I'm good. I, I got a, a broken shoulder. I got a, I'm limping with a, you know, with a knee that's locked. I, I'm broken. They left me for dead so many times. I got stoned. You know, back then when they throw you a beating, they throw rocks at you. Anybody had rocks thrown at them? Hey, can you imagine somebody killing you by throwing rocks at you? At least in the Bronx was civilized, right? Put a gap and pop high. It's done, right? Double tap. Rocks. Just keep throwing rocks at the guy until he dies. My Lord. So he would get this. He, he's, and, and, and his attitude is, I'm wounded so that you can be healed. Knowing Paul would be killed soon, he's still telling Timothy <coughs> during the, the last letters that he wrote, he knew his time was coming up. He knew any more and, and historically tells us right around the end of those letters, they, they killed him. I mean, years he's been locked up, years he's been imprisoned, shipwrecked, poisoned, bitten by snakes, um, um, left for dead, beaten and thrown off and left for dead. All the, but, but he, and eventually they're going to kill him. And, and he, knowing that, he tells Timothy, don't hold back. Put in work. Take your share of suffering, he says, as a good soldier to please the one who enlisted you in God's army. Who talks like that? Who talk? You're not going to hear that nowhere. I never heard that in church. Keep suffering. Keep suffering to please the one that called you into the army like a good soldier. I know some of you are going to leave. Like, I don't like this church. That's crazy. I want to hear rainbows and butterflies all day. I want to live my best life now. Did Paul live his best life now? Was he living his best life now? Actually, he was. In his mind, he was. His perspective. Because everything he did counted for him for glory. Amen? We, we, we worry about this little piece of our lives from, you know, 1 to 80. When eternity is like from here to, you know. If, if this is our whole eternity, then, then this is our life right here. 
This is 1 to 80. Here, I'm not even walking no more. 85, 90, 110. All right, that's it. I got to give up. I'm done. 110. If you live to 115. If you live to 120. Here, here we go. Look at eternity. What you did here matters for this. We're stressing this. Get self-aware. Get self-empowered. Get self-realized. Become self-conscious. Find the Christ in you. You are God. Really? Really? You're God? <laughs> How can you even believe that? I put the wrong shoe on sometimes. I'm God. <laughs> but that's the, what, what we're seeing in Paul. That's the gospel, isn't it? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, right? So I, I don't want to end the year. I, I, what I want to do, I want to end the year and go into the new one with a different mindset, with a renewed mind. Anybody with me? The Word says we can be transformed by just the renewing of our mind. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that powerful? We can be transformed my whole life, my whole being, everything that I am, me as a husband, me as a father, me as a friend, everything that I am can be transformed by the renewing of my mind. It says then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, most of the times things don't have to change for us to be transformed. We just have to change the way we look at it. Oh, come on, write that down. That's good. Read it later. That's good. Right now, you ain't ready to receive it. Read it later. I want my mind renewed. I want my life transformed. And then I don't need walls to hide behind. Come on, let's bring it home. Then I don't need places to hide or to, to cover our, our shame or to keep you from hurt because I know in Christ, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Jesus came to break down the walls that divide us as well as the walls that hide us. I saw this picture. I'm going to end with this, I promise. I'm going to end with this section. When God is doing a work in your life, this is so powerful. Even his name is a place of safety. Amen. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. So if you're afraid today, crawl into the name. If you're just too shy today, cover yourself in his name. If you just stand in his name, be steadfast in his name. Let's run into the name of God today. Amen. Worship team, you guys could, could come up and let me, let's, with the time that we have left, church, let's run into the name of God. We're going to start the book of James next week. <coughs> but you might have noticed, if you, you, maybe you never noticed, I kind of never focused on this at least. If, when you look through the scriptures, the reference, the reference is all over to his name. The scripture describes praying as Calling on his name. 
Miracles are done in the power of his name. Come on, you're following me. Salvation and forgiveness come through his name. Those who believe upon are, are saved by his name. If you believe upon the name, the word says. Amen. So there's power in his name. There's healing and forgiveness in his name. The word says there's no other, what? Name by, which is given by which we can be saved. So when we, when we read that his name is a strong tower, we can find safety in his name today. And what I, I want to end, I want to give you some names that you can run into. And listen, if you hear one that you need, I'm going to invite you to stand and just come. Okay? Listen, I know we have wounds. I know we got walls. And I know those walls, the walls in Ireland, they've been up so long that now there's murals. All, and they're beautiful murals. I, I, I recommend you go and look them up. They're beautiful murals all on these walls because they've become a permanent fixture in the city. And some of our walls, we even decorate. Think about that. Some of the walls that we put up to protect ourselves, we've, we've made it so permanent that we hang pictures on them. And, and you think it's good, and we think it's good. Yeah, we're safe. I got all these walls around me. I got pictures. I got furniture. I got them color coordinated. I got them painted just the right way. No, that's a wall that's not even supposed to be there. That's not a load-bearing wall. I... Stop decorating your walls and start letting them down. Amen? So if you need to do that, I'm going to give you some names to run into. I love this. This is exciting for me. I'm going to give you some names because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. He's, 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 he's Adonai, the one who created me, knows everything about me, still chose and adopted me. He's the Lord God Almighty, El Shaddai. In Genesis, he made a covenant with Abraham, said your people won't die. Every Jewish person today is a walking testimony. God's word doesn't lie. He's Elion, the Most High. He's the Lord our God, Jehovah Yahweh. The root of that name means self-existing, always was, always will be. He's Roi, the God who sees He's also my shepherd, Jehovah Rohi. He leads me behind still waters, prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He's Theos, that's Greek. It means he's the only true God. He's unique. He's Jehovah Shalom, that means he's my peace. He's Jehovah Rofi, the God that heals. He's Jehovah Sidkenu, my righteousness. In that name, I'm sealed. He's Elohim. That name in itself is plural because he's more than one. Father, Spirit, Son, Trinity, three in one. He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. That's not about money. Stop claiming that. It's about a substitutional sacrifice. He showed Abraham that. He saved Isaac from the father's hand in a bush nearby. He provided a lamb. That's gospel. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's the Son. He's the Alpha Omega, the Lord God who was and is and is to come. He's the Ancient of Days, the Anointed One. 
He's the author and finisher, the perfecter of our faith. He's love and mercy and compassion and grace. Those aren't all his names, just a list of some. And yet all of these names, he says, we can run. He's Jehovah Shammah, my abiding presence. He's everywhere. So wherever you find yourself today, he's Abba Father. He's there. Would you stand? Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you, you've given us a name to run into. Father, we thank you that even if our name has been tarnished, even if our name has, has grown over the years to mean something to other people, even if when people say our name, it's already associated with other things, Father, we thank you that you've given us a name that we can run into today. We thank you that you are the way maker. We thank you that you are the name changer. We thank you that you can call us and, and name us and set us apart and call us something different. We thank you that you can call us out. We thank you that what you speak becomes. <laughs> we thank you that you call things that aren't as if they were. So, Father, today we, we claim, God, that we're healed. We receive your word, God, that we're healed by your stripes. We receive your word, Lord, that we are set apart, that we're holy and blameless before you, that we're righteous with your righteousness. We thank you that we're forgiven with your forgiveness. We thank you that we are, have mercy in your mercy that we can love with your love that we can be free in your freedom God we thank you Lord God that we're safe in your name and if you need to just receive that today just receive that say, say Jesus I just call upon your name like your word says I call upon your name because there's no other name there's no other name by which we can be saved. Let's worship, church. Let's worship. Let's press in.